Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where Morning, people! What's good? Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. It's Wednesday, December 23rd. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody. World Series champ, Will Middlebrooks. Hold on. I'm not going to give you a good intro because where the hell is your holiday spirit? Sir? I got plenty of spirit. I got plenty of spirit. I just, you know, this looked good today. I need a lot to look good. I, I don't want to match you, Danny. You do your thing. I'll do mine. We're going to talk baseball, and we're just going to leave it at that, okay? It looks like a morgue. That's rude. You, and this is coming from the guy that decorated for Christmas before, before Thanksgiving. Should be noted. Well, like I said in our show, I have a two-year-old and a one-year-old. Gets a little crazy in this zoo of a household. So when they go nuts, we go, let's go look at the Christmas lights. Oh, Santa. And we run outside, and everything's better. So... One day, bud, you'll you'll get it. I can't wait to see you in your Christmas PJs. Um, we got a lot of <laughs> Christmas spirit for you guys on today's show, though. We're gonna do Christmas wish lists. Uh, so we're gonna go. We're gonna pick out of this handy dandy Santa hat here. We're gonna pick some teams. We got thirty teams in this bunch here. We're gonna see what we get, um, and we're gonna give you a list of of what their Christmas wish list might be. Uh, we also have Rachel Luba blessing us with her presence on today's show. Yes. Of course, she represents the hottest ticket on the market with Trevor Bauer. Uh, you know, where will the 2020 NL Cy Young land? She'll give us an update. And she's also going to talk about what she's done for, for women in sports, which is going to be incredibly powerful. But first, Christmas is in two days. Now, everybody should have already sent their Christmas wish list to Santa, except for Will, because clearly he doesn't celebrate Christmas. Uh, he doesn't celebrate the holidays. But Christmas wish list. Are we, ready to, start, are we ready to pick out of our hat, Will Middlebrooks? Please, be my guest. You, Did you do you, your research, sir? I don't need to do research. It's all right here, bud. A little show and go? I am research. Okay, Christmas wish list for our first one. What is on the Christmas wish list for, there you go, of course, New York Yankees? Wow, that was, that's that real was original, easy. Danny. You're going to go with, easy. you know, the New York, you know, okay. No I'm, one ever... It's random. I here. You want to know what's on there? You want to know what's on their their list? Everybody knows what's on their list. Sign DJ Love Mayhew. That's on a lot of people's lists, actually. Go DJ. Go DJ. Exactly. Exactly. You want to sign him just because you know the amount of power they have up and down their lineup. They can hurt you one through nine. Blah blah blah. Stan Judge Marcello. We get it. They hit homers. Well, this guy's a high contact guy. He's won a batting title in both leagues, which not many people could say they've done that. It's not many people can even say they've won one. 
So, uh, yeah, exactly. So you need that contact guy. He, he, gives, he gives you a little life. He's on base. He's constantly putting the ball in play. Um, supposedly, they're $25 million apart. Uh, you're the New York Yankees, all right? Get off your wallet. Pay the man. Don't go spend extra money on starting pitching. You can probably get like a Jake Odorizzi, uh, I think, cheaper than normally because he was out last year with the blister, get hit by a comebacker. He only made one or two starts, only a couple starts, and uh, had a really good 2019. My only worry with Odorizzi, though, you'll like this. I know you like stats. 33% ground ball rate. That's low, all right, especially for a guy with his type stuff. You don't want I played in I've played in Yankee Stadium. You don't want the ball in the air. It flies. All right. That's my only downfall. But I think he would be a good fit. He's coming off 2019 where he pitched really well. Uh 27% strikeout rate, which is his highest of his career, 15 wins. So I think he's going to be a good fit for them as well. So you're going with DJ and maybe a uh you know lower tier. A back back end starter, yeah, like a four. Yeah, I'm all on board with you, um, with DJ. Most importantly. It is Christmas special, of course. So I have plenty of Christmas puns to throw your way. Oh, my gosh. Five golden doctors. Because this team needs to stay healthy. I know. It didn't rhyme. I was awful, better, but I agree. <laughs> I had to think of 30 puns for 30 teams. Give me a break here. Okay. Five golden doctors. This team is the most lethal lineup in the league when healthy. If healthy. 100%. They are the most talented team in the league when healthy. They're going to have Severino back, hopefully, coming off Nasty. Tommy John. They need DJ, in my opinion, because when you look at Judge, Giancarlo, and DJ, if you're going to pick one of those three to sign, I'm picking DJ LeMahieu. And I know Giancarlo has already obviously signed his long-term deal, and this right. isn't exactly a an accurate hypothetical. But well, I'm, he's on the field, right? He's healthy. He plays. Yes. Even, even I'm just going on straight talent. I want a guy that's going to hit – 335 with 20 homers. Uh, he's a gold a glover too. Let's not forget glover. he's a gold glover. All right. That's exactly where I'm getting to. So they were they had a negative one uh, def- defensive run saves last year, which was 17 in Major League Baseball. That was according to Fangrass. So they're not great defensively. And they're not terrible, but they're not great either. And so right. for a guy like DJ LeMahieu, who is healthy majority of the time, he can play all over the diamond. That is as valuable as anything can be in baseball. Yeah, we saw him at first. We saw him at third. Uh, he can pick it at short. I mean, obviously, he, he would like to be at second base, which he is the – I've had lunch with him. This guy is all of 6'5". Yeah. And he's a second baseman. That's so, incredible. to see him move like he does, he's a unicorn. He's, he's special. So, he they, they got to sign too. him. Get off your wallet. He is New York, too. Like, he just has that mentality. Like, when you go to the ballpark, you want to see a guy like DJ LeMayhew. All he cares about is baseball. That is all he cares. He doesn't care about Instagram, Twitter, social media. Right. Like all he's he like a taller about. Dustin Pedroia. Yeah, that's I like that comp. Grinder. Yeah, he's a grinder. I love it. Hashtag grinder. Hashtag sign DJ. I'm just glad you didn't have a hashtag Christmas pun for that. I'm getting there. Let me get to my right. next team. Hashtag Xmas. Hashtag blessed. Our next team. We're going out west, my friend. Los Angeles Angels. What is Ooh. on? What is on no. the Listen Christmas up, wish list? What? Listen, here's the thing with the Angels: lethal when when healthy, lethal maybe one of the highest ceiling offenses in the league. Yeah, when healthy, Otani, Otani, if Pujols is swinging it, if Justin Upton 
uh, picks it up and plays to his capability. And then, you know, I have a guy named Mike Trout. All right. Pretty good. Will go down as the GOAT. I, I truly believe that. From watching him as a fan now, playing against him, playing with him in the fall league when he was just a baby, this kid will go down as the best player of all time. According to Justin Upton, who said on our last podcast, he is not the most talented, though. Keep that in mind. I I Otani. understand where he came from, but we're still talking about the greatest baseball player of all time. He will go down as that. So they need to get him to the playoffs. All right. The best player in baseball doesn't need to be deer hunting during the World Series. All right. He doesn't. He needs to be under the big light. So they got to get pitching. So my, they need to get Trevor Bauer. They got to get him. Period. Yeah. They had over a five ERA with their team last year. They, uh, what, point, runs allowed five and a half, 5.3. Can't do that. No. Even with a really good offense, you, you got to keep it under, you got to keep it around four and a half or under to give you a chance at winning ballgames. But with that offense, get that offense clicking, add Bauer, maybe one more arm. You never know what can happen. It's a weaker division right now. You got the A's. I know the A's are good, but Rangers are down, right? Yeah. Houston wasn't themselves last year until the postseason. We don't really know about Oakland either. I know they have a lot of young studs, but if they lose Simeon, that's a hole in the middle of their infield too. Very true. That's very true. So, I mean, this is a, they're not that far away from being a, a contender. They're not that far away from being able to win the division. Houston's not the same. They're not going to have the pitching. We know that. I mean, they, they surprised me in the playoffs, but I, I, they're not, I don't think they're going to win the division next year. I yeah, think the they, Angels, if they sign Bauer, they're a contender. Because not only is he going to pitch well for them, he, he teaches things to other pitchers in the rotation. He is there. Just having a, a, a presence like that of a superstar pushes you as a player to play better. So it's more than just his numbers that you're going to get when you sign a guy like that. Uh, they need an ace. I, I don't care if it's Bauer or who. So I have the on best here. best pitcher was Dylan Bundy. Go back to last season. I want to know who their rotation was back in 2019. Th- this is, we could talk, we've already talked about this season. Last season, their opening day starter was Trevor Cahill. After that, it was Matt Harvey. It was RIP Tyler Skaggs. Uh, no offense to those guys. It's just not going to get it done. Right. Um, Dylan Bundy was literally their best arm. Yeah. He was. He had a really solid season. As he Jay did. put it last year, they actually had some good moments. Their starting rotation did. As a did, whole, but they it, didn't. But Major yeah. League Baseball, it doesn't matter what side of the ball. Defense, hitting, pitching, base running, consistency is what makes a good big leaguer. Yeah. Anybody can do it once or twice. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> the, the last pitcher that they had made an all-star team was Hector Santiago in 2015. Before that, Jared Weaver in 2012. Um, they had and their bullpen's a mess too they had the seventh most save opportunities in major league baseball so their lineup and their starting pitching gave them a chance but they blew 14 of those 26 save opportunities most of major league baseball so uh, i have all i want for christmas this is a good one all i want for christmas is you as in you darvish Ooh, mm, you like that one? I know you. Do. I do. I do. I, you got my attention because I was like, "Come on, man!" We're I'm all for Bauer. If Bauer doesn't work out, there are some trade options. I think you. Darvish a, is I agree. That's a decent fallback, right? Yep. Going back to this handy dandy hat. We're moving on here. Of course, we got Rachel Luba coming up soon. Looking forward to that. Where is Trevor Bauer going to go? Speaking of Chicago, that was a good time Ooh. to me. Chicago Cubs. I just yeah. talked about Darvish. Yeah, um, I don't have a whole lot on the Cubs. I mean, I think, I think they're on the list. I think Lemayhu's a good fit there. Um, I think they possibly could have some money to pay him. 
I think they could look at uh, at Paxton. The only thing with Paxton is what I like about Paxton is his velocity is he's in the mid to uppers nineties. So that's what you need to be successful right now. We've talked about launch angle and guys swinging up with the ball and getting on plane. The hole in those swings is going to be up in the zone 95 plus. Mm-hmm. So Paxton's got you, that. He's got that ride on his heater. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm glad um, you brought up launch angle because you saw that video I shared to Twitter. The difference yeah. between um, point of contact. Point of contact. The difference between hitting a line drive and hitting a homer is literally just hitting out in front a little bit more. Correct. If anybody hasn't seen that, check out uh, my Twitter. Yeah. There's a few more things that go into it, but that's for another podcast. Sure, sure. So <laughs> for the Cubs, yeah, I think they so, have enough. I, I think, think they have I, enough as is. I think they need an outfielder. They lost Swarber, or they're probably going to lose Swarber. Sure. Um, I think maybe like a Redick because his market value is like 3.5. Yeah. That's very doable. And it's I think you get, hit for a low average though. Right. Yeah. But he's going to play decent. Well. He's going to play decent defense. Oh, yeah. I think maybe a fifth starter, you know, the sentimental pick there would be John Lester, but they're, they're already paying him $10 million to beat it. Just get out of here. Yeah. So he's not with, with not picking up his option. So he's probably not going to go back there. Cause that'd be weird. Like, Hey, we're going to pay you what? $5 million. On top of the 10, we gave you to not re-sign with us for $25 million. Like bringing your ex back, like moving Yeah, back yeah it's just like, we love you, but it's time to move on. Yeah. So I have jolly old St. Chris, not my best Christmas fun. Because I just think you need a healthy and happy Chris Bryant. I think they have enough talent as as is. I think yeah. they're slowly turning into the New York Mets. Um, the way... I, I don't think it's a culture thing. I think it's more so their players aren't playing up to their potential type of thing. I agree. Uh, which, which is like I will best. say, uh, to that point, David Ross, I, old teammate of mine, mm-hmm. he will get the most out of his players. So I do think they pick it up. I think they play better baseball. And I do, I think, you know, honestly, another, it just came to my mind. I think they could add a guy uh, like cheaper on the cheaper side, Archie Bradley. Yeah, I like that. Because they, they were you got, relying on... You got uh, Kimbrell. Yeah. You know, but he hasn't been as consistent. Um, it's just adding a late inning guy. Uh, I think like people that, forget I think about the, the impact Brandon Morrow would have had had he been healthy. I played with Brandon as well. Nasty elite stuff. Just can't keep his arm in one piece. Yeah. It's been that way his whole career. We got time for one more before we get to our interview right. here. We got Give it to me. one more. Let me get one more. Let me shake it up. Shake it up. Shake it up. Shake it. Taylor Swift released her new album. Don't know if you saw that. I did not. Sorry. We are like really good timing, by the way, because we did. I just mentioned the Mets. How about the Mets? The Mets. The, weren't you just talking bad about the Mets? I was um, bad about the Cubs. I was so saying the Cubs are turning into the Mets. That's a lot. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of networks are screaming. Mets want Bauer. Everybody um, wants Bauer. Everybody wants Bauer. <laughs> uh, but they. The Mets don't need him, I don't think. Jacob DeGrom, ever heard of him? Thor. Who we got? Strowman. Mats. Uh, David Peterson, who was there last year, and he was 6-2 and two with a 3-4 in 10 games. Lefty. Get Seth Lugo. I like Seth Lugo in the bullpen. That's fair. Because he's a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. He can start and give you a 7. He can, if your starter is awful and gets crushed in two innings, he comes in and gives you 5. Yeah. He can close. He can set up. He can do anything you want. He can probably play shortstop at this point. 
Yeah. He can do anything. I like him in the bullpen because that's an option that every team wishes they had. It's reliable. All right. So I think David Peterson, who showed us something as, as a Southpaw last year, I, I think he can fit into the, into that four or five slot mats at the end of that as well. So you get two, two lefties in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. So with that said, they don't need Bauer. I think they need George Springer. I think Brandon Nemo, great guy. Love the sprint to first base after you walk, but just kidding. I hate it. Um, that's so college. But he was arguably one of the worst defensive center fielders in the game. His on-base percentage, that clip, 404, 390 career. Yeah, you like these stats, don't you? You thought I couldn't do it because I'm just a dumb baseball player. I got stats, bud. I never said you were All dumb. Right? George, George Springer, where, where were we at? George Springer was what, 360 career on base? Okay. You're not, you're not going to get on base as much. I get it. You're not going to steal the bags uh, like Nemo, but you're going to fill that void defensively, and you're going to hit big-time homers and big spots, and you're going to bring a winning mentality over, which that team needs to get through the second half of the season. I think he's going to be a good ad. George Springer, New York Mets, get it done. I'm a fan Back of that up. printing the first, by the way. I think Nemo sprinting the first is kind of cool. So it's because you're a career college pitcher. Yeah, like pitchers, like yeah. You like, get drilled like in the neck with 97. You get up off the ground, knock the dirt off, and sprint, dive head first into first, blow your UCL out in your thumb. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, that got really dark. Like Sorry. your your grim background with no holiday spirit just like came flooding out of you right there. So. Sorry. Um, this is a good one. I have a really good – this is my best Christmas pun, in my opinion. I'm really glad we got the Can't mess. Wait. How about the Trans-Siberian Lindorchestra? Francisco Lindor, my friend. Ahmed Rosario has not shown the ability to play shortstop. He's an average to below average hitter so far. He's gotten his opportunity in the big leagues. He has yet to really – I think he's a very average shortstop in Major League Baseball. I think he is uh, potentially a trade piece. But he has a negative 1.8 defensive war in his uh, two-plus seasons um, in the big leagues. That's not enough. And if you're the New York Mets and you're Steve Cohen, who just took over the team, they're looking to compete right now. You're not looking to create a prospect. You're not looking to tweak Ahmed Rosario to where maybe he becomes a big league player. You want to win right now. They have the money to win right now. Do they They have enough to trade to get Lindor? I've seen some other things out there. There's a few prospects involved, and obviously they traded away, of course, their best one to well, Seattle. Well, I know when well, they have the extra $24 million this year from Cano getting yes. banged on the on the PED. So they have some money to play with this year because Lindor's got, what, one, one year left? Uh, he has one year left, yes. He yeah, does. So but I think he's a guy that would song long-term long with a you know big city like New York. Yeah. You know what's crazy is this, is this kind of stuck out to me. I was looking at the Mets. Obviously, they finished fourth in the NL East last year. They've been since their inception in 1962 they've been around for 59 seasons pretty long time yeah they've made the playoffs nine times they've missed the playoffs 50 out of the 59 years that surprised me i knew i knew the mets were the mets but they say you know they have a world series under their belt so i was like oh they're mildly successful they've only made the playoffs nine times they're like what do we say about the mets the mets Mets. Mets. i hate that you do that stop it (laughs) they do it they find well, a way to lose. All right, fair enough. Well, I really like. With that said, I love Cohen. 
I, I think he's really good on social media too with getting fans involved, right. which great. is great right now for for baseball in general, not just there's so many fans from every other every team watching what he's doing on Twitter. So mm-hmm. that's been uh that's been fun to watch. And I like this Mets team a lot. Yeah. I, I like them a lot. With Thor healthy, Stroman, but I think Stroman has a good year. I, I really I like this team. I Trent, do Siberian Lindor Kistra. Make it stop. I'm glad this is over. We got, so, we got plenty more on tap. Well, Middlebrooks, don't you worry. We got Rachel Luba coming up next on the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. We back with Rachel Luba, founder and owner of Luba Sports, the youngest certified female agent in all of baseball. She is paving an entire new road for females in sports. I mean, she's on an island of her own. She's been incredible. 2020 has been, frankly, an absolute show but it's been pretty welcoming and pretty good for a girl like Rachel Luba thanks so much for joining us Rach yeah thanks for having me guys appreciate it I mean we can start it off right now and just because let's address the elephant in the room and it's not Trevor Bauer we'll get there the elephant in the room is you losing in the second round of the 2020 best baseball Twitter poll that happened this last week that was of course set up by myself and not to mention my co-pilot here Will Middlebrooks don't getting out in the first round see ya smell ya that's a bad no 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 that's a bad co-host you put me up against the entire country of great britain both of you guys both of you guys were so unappreciative and secondly both messaged me and said why did you put me up against this person well hold on let me just let me just say so when i first saw that there was a bracket and i was a part of it i was honored i was like wow this is so cool i didn't even know there was like this was a thing and jess kleinschmidt was telling me she's like yeah like this is an annual annual thing so i just like started using twitter a year ago so i was like i never heard of this thing this is really cool in one year to be able to like make it on the bracket so Jess was super bitter because you put her up against Cespedes Family Barbecue <laughs> in the first round too. She was like, how is that even fair? So my thought, and I told her, I was like, honestly, they should have put me up against him. The first round, knock me out the first round, because to be honest, when I first got on, I was like, just honored that I made the bracket. But you let me get through the first round and then like well, the competitive... Nice. Then the competitive Rachel comes out. I'm like, oh, well, I, I went the first round. Like, now I'm going to win the whole thing. Like, that's that's how I feel. And then you put me up against John Boy the second round. Like, that that was bullshit. <laughs> you could have just knocked me out the first round, let me be honored I made the bracket, and then give me, like, you know, a fighting chance next year. Yeah, I don't think it's that's any okay. wonder how she's gotten to the point where she is because she's obviously a tad competitive when it comes to just a, Just a touch. This is touch. A little bit, yeah. uh, but really bitter about the John Boy thing. So Look, I'll, I'm going to leave it at this. There were mistakes made when I made this poll. There's no doubt about it. I should have done better research. However, you take your L and you have a Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday. Well, can I just say, first of all, it's smart on your end. And I was telling Bauer this. I was like, this is brilliant. Like, you're, how much did your following grow just from doing the bracket? That's a good question. Yeah. So I started it last year. And at that time I had about, about a thousand followers yeah. after, after that I had about 3000 and then I've basically grown that account. I'm at 12.2 now I've grown. So basically, about, This is all just for you. It's for me. It's not okay. for anybody else. Yeah, so I just wanted you to say it it's for yeah. everyone to hear. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm letting the cat out of the bag there. I've grown like by 2000 followers in the last week. 
Yeah, that's, I think I would, so I actually, I'm pretty sure somewhere in my phone, I screenshot your followers. I was like, I want to see how many followers he grows just by this damn bracket. (laughs) Um, I think I lost some. I lost. First round. People people were like, wow, he made the bracket and then just got crushed. I want to put this out there. Yes, it's great for my brand, but at the same time, I think it's really cool because I get to learn about different people. Yeah. I, I get the, the best feedback you get is why didn't you include blank? Why didn't you include more blank? And then I go and look at their profiles and I'll say, damn, I should have included them. That's my yeah. fault. Can I ask like, uh, I don't know how much you can answer this, but how do you honestly do it? Like my guess is I made the bracket because you, I was going to be on a podcast. I didn't know you were the co-host, but that was my thought. I was like, oh yeah, it would be really awkward if they just like left me off of that. And then I was going to be on a podcast like a few days later. It's very, very vague and, and great. For me, it's all about the eye test. For me, it's like what I see on a day-to-day basis across this last year. And again, it's very gray. There's not really any perfect system to it. And again, mistakes were made. There was, some, there was one specific individual that probably shouldn't have made it, I'll admit. Um, and then there was probably a handful more that should have made it. So who was the guy who went up against the first round? Got pulled up. I forget. You, you lost Porter? so early. I don't even remember. Hey, I didn't lose the first round like some of us. You notice I'm just staying out of this. I'm sitting in the background just letting you guys chat. You got the creator and then someone who got out of the first round. Well, I already know you and Jess started talking smack on on Corked Up podcast the other day. So she the night before, I texted her super late at night and I was like, I cannot lose to John Boy, so I need you to retweet that. And she was like, of course. And then retweets like, the most half-assed, you know, like <laughs> attempt at promoting like my poll to vote for me. And then after I realized, I was like, oh, shit, I forgot she's really bitter about <laughs> losing. So I was like, that was not like the nicest thing for me to ask her to promote it. But yeah, she, lost- she's more bitter than me. You lost to Ben Porter. Yeah. Who is he? He is really, I don't know what he's all about, to be honest. I just know he went viral a couple of times with a couple different Astros jokes um, early on in the year. And then he is really good at finding um, kind of stuff in the weeds, some evergreen type stuff. All right. Well, I'm glad we could get that out of the way yeah. and now actually get to the, the we addressed the elephant in the room. Yeah, we did. So obviously let's talk about two people that you represent uh, that are free agents in Bauer and Puig. They're two super, super interesting human beings, just to put it that way. Um, I mean, uh, this is a super broad question to start it, but like, how just interesting is your everyday text message, phone calls with those guys? Uh, pretty interesting. Um, keeps me on my toes. Uh, you know, I, I always say this, but like I go into, I try to have a game plan. Okay, like what do I got to do tomorrow? And then it's always just, I'm always thrown a curveball by one of them. Uh, <laughs> and so my day gets derailed, but in a good way, usually. Literally by Bauer. I've seen you, him throwing BP. Yeah. When he broke, he broke his camera, was that? that? So I felt really bad at first. I was like, oh my God, like that sucks. I mean, he threw it and just the camera flew everywhere. And I bummed that my vlog camera didn't get for like where I set it up, I didn't even think of like getting his camera that was sitting on a suitcase in the middle between the mound and me. And I didn't even think of like getting that in, in the frame. So I missed like how it actually hit the camera. 
But then, and so I felt really bad and I was like laughing, but I'm like, this is not that funny. He just like destroyed his, <laughs> potentially like destroyed his camera. And then, you know, like a minute later as he's walking, trying to pick up the pieces of his camera, tells me, he was like, oh yeah, I was trying to throw like a slider in and scare you. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I don't even feel bad anymore. I was like, you deserve that. You, I mean, you deserve your entire camera to be just shattered to pieces. Luckily it was only like the mic. You can't be that's drunk a, front door breaking balls to yeah. someone record. That's just, that's messed up. Yeah, especially in the off season. That would have scared me. Yeah, thank you. So no, I, I never hit a breaking ball anyways, but <laughs> that's for another story. I'm not going to back you into a corner or anything, but Thanks. we have to ask. We have to do our jobs here. We work for CBS, of course. We need to ask the question. You're probably not going to break the news to us of where Trevor is going to sign, where Yas is going to sign. What can you tell us? What can you update us with? With Let's start with Bauer. What's his free agency been like? Are there any specific teams that he's talking to? What's he leaning towards right now? Um, You know, the free agency process with him has been, it's been fun. It's been interesting. He's really embraced it and taken it just kind of to a different level. Um, I think I always ask him this. I'm like, do you think you're the media's best friend or like least favorite person during this? Because he is so vocal about a lot of stuff and very engaging, but at the same time, he's not letting them, you know, leak stories and things like that. Um, so I, I think it's a mixed bag there, but it's been fun. Um, he's, he's enjoying, um, you know, getting fan bases engaged and just keeping people in general in, in the off season engaged in baseball, which I think is a hard. Well, he's helping grow the game, which is, he's been super vocal that an issue is with marketing baseball. So he's doing a good job of marketing baseball and, and getting fans involved, especially during a time of year where nobody's really talking about baseball and there's no winter meetings. Right. That are so, public, so yes, exactly. So, I mean, last year, everyone was talking about baseball. That was because you had the Astro scandal. Um, but aside from that, I mean, who cares about baseball in the off season? Really? Right. Nobody. Um, it's, it's a slow moving process. Usually with free agency, it's, you know, it's like watching paint dry. So he's trying to make this, you know, fun and keep fans engaged. Um, so it's been really cool to kind of watch, watch that from behind the scenes. Um, Are we getting but- closer? To, I mean, I would say, yes, every day we are getting closer. <laughs> That's generally how that works. Yeah. So the, the whole, the, like the premise of like this pod, like this segment that we're doing today is called, is, is about a wish list for teams. So I think my question is, it does, does Trevor have like a wish list? Not as far as a certain team, but certain aspects uh, and details he's looking for, like a certain city or a certain kind of team. Like, does he want to go to a team that's already stacked and ready to win? Or is it like, I want to help build a team? Like, I, I don't know. Obviously, there's, I get it. There's only so much you can tell us <laughs> when it comes to this. But like, I'm just curious to like, in his heart of hearts, like what he really wants to get out of the team he signed with. I mean, I think one of the most important things, uh, there's like two big things. He wants to be happy where he is and he wants to win. Um those are, those are big things for him. Um, you know, I think as he's gotten older too, he's realized the importance of being happy where he is. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, he's look, he's a, he's a different cat. And like the things that are, the things that are important to him, the decisions he'll make ultimately, um, you know, I think 
I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people that are critical of them, but you know, at the end of the day, he's got a plan. He's a pretty smart dude. Um, he calculates for sure. sure. Yeah. So he, I mean, he understands what's happening and, uh, he understands the benefits risks of everything. And ultimately he'll make his decision. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of people offering their, you know, criticism and whatnot of it, but, uh, part of being in the spotlight, right. You can't make everybody happy. So focus on yourself, especially in free agency. Right. Uh, let me ask you one more. Uh, we could get on a little bit more fun stuff. Your background, how you guys met, as I think people really want to hear that. When you're talking about a guy like Trevor and a guy like Yasiel, if I'm a team, why do I want to sign a guy that's so vocal? Because I think the game of baseball is changing. Um, if you want, and I think teams are seeing this. I mean, I, I talk about this a lot too, but think about a year ago, in 2019, in the postseason, you have Bregman carry his bat to first base and he apologizes for it after the game, right? That, that was the state of baseball then. You, you do something like that in the heat of the moment and you apologize after and you get on camera. Fast forward just a year and think about all the controversy, all the, you know, just personality that we saw on the field. The game is changing and this is the direction it's going in. And, you know, while there were it's I wouldn't say it's just one player who's been you know the start of all of this I mean if you look at Bauer and Yossiel together they've been big personalities on the field and and promoting the idea of like this is what makes baseball exciting right I mean just look at look at how people talked about baseball on social media in this past year too that that is what is exciting and at the end of the day I mean their their personalities aside, I mean they both. I mean Bauer shoves on the mound, Yasiel breaks. Like what? Why would you not want to bring them onto your team? Well, before you take over, I got one more follow up. Has there been any teams that have been discouraged because of how boisterous they are? Um, no, I think you know we're Yasiel's um, momentum's working on you know, helping people see the real side of Yasiel, because I do think he was very misunderstood and, you know, he didn't play this last season. So he, you know, his last season in the league was when, you know, the year before and having that kind of personality wasn't necessarily embraced by everybody. And so I think, you know, if he were, if he played last year, I think he would have seen a very different reaction in general. But I think as you know, people just need to kind of understand, okay, like this is, that's how Yasiel plays. And, and Yasiel's loved, I mean, by fans, what he brings to baseball. I think baseball is better with Yasiel in it. Um, but ultimately, I think most, yeah, most teams are looking at Yasiel and they are, you know, the, the on-field performance speaks for itself. Yeah, he's a he's a freak athlete too. It's yeah, it's offensively, defensively, um, and then just brings excitement, you know, to to a fan base. So, who knows if we're gonna have fans in the stands? We don't know what's in store for that next year. So, I think going back to marketing the game, we need exciting players like that. We need young, exciting, um, just right. guys like Puig. I mean, that's what we need, and and we're where we're losing a lot of fans is the younger generation. No doubt. Like the, the older generation that grew up listening to games on the radio and going to games uh, with their, with their dads, like 
that that that's those are the guys that are lifers and they're always going to be there regardless if they like the bat flips and the flare and all that but the newer generation is so uh they, they can't, I mean, it's ADD all the time. Like yeah. their attention span is so short. A three, three hour baseball game is not on their list to do. So no doubt, but bringing some excitement is what, is what we need for the younger generation. I agree. And I think especially in, in a time where we don't know, like you were saying, if there's going to be fans in the stands, I, I mean, so then how do you engage people on their phones? You know, how do you engage exactly. them? Well, you bring exciting players who are going to have ridiculous you know, highlights you can make of them who are going to do things, little antics on the field that, you know, will go viral. That's how you bring excitement to the game. And so that's, that's why that's the value that these players bring. People get too stuck in the old way of thinking of baseball, but just being a sport, because now it's much more than a sport. It's a business, it's entertainment. It, it's not just the sport like it used to be. There's so much more to baseball and it's a show. It, it's a I- show. It's about talent and, and being the best in the world at what you do, but you got to put on a show or no fans are going to be there. They're not going to watch. Totally agree. And that's why you see the NBA is is having so much success. I mean, why UFC took off the way it did. They're they're utilizing the entertainment value. Exactly. And a new generation in the agency business too. You're the first, the only female with her own agency. Why you? What have you done differently than all the females before? Because we all, I don't personally know because I am not a female in the sports business, but I can say from a secondhand perspective, you're an uncharted territory. I mean, you have climbed mountains. You have done the impossible as far as where I'm sitting. Why you? Why are you different than all those that came before you? Yeah, I mean, look, I think uh got to give credit to all those that did come before me and, you know, the, the path that they did pave. Um, but at the end of the day, I think I looked at it and saw just kind of the few women that really were in the sport in general. And, you know, I realized like, even though they're there, they're in such a kind of behind the scenes, you know, keep your head down, don't really, you know, we'll, we'll let you into this industry, but, but don't make a big splash. Don't make a big noise, you know, kind of blend in with the guys. And the way I see it, like the only way maybe I could, I, I, maybe I would have been able to be successful and, you know, just in a very under the radar, you know, kind of way. Um, but there was, again, like there was a huge risk to doing what I'm doing, but there was a lot of upside too. And so now, I mean, naturally I tend to be, um, a risk taker and I viewed this as if I, you know, make myself very out there, number one, I don't need to, the whole talk of like, you know, you, you're not going to fit into this boys club and, you know, you got to be buddy, buddy with the media and all of that. Well, okay. How do you solve that? Luckily, I'm doing it in an era where we have social media. So if I can't be one of the boys with the media and I won't be able to, you know, utilize the, the power that they have to, you know, help sway things, et cetera, why don't I just build my own platform myself on social media? And sure, like no one really does that. And people are insanely critical of it. Um, people don't like it. Um, I get people will tell me that, you know, certain people in the industry will see me and just, I mean, they, they hate me. 
they hate what I'm doing. They think that like, I'm, you know, really dumb or uh, just whatever it is. But at the end, but yeah, but at the end of the day, I mean, in a year I've become the most, you know, followed agent, you know, baseball agent on social media across all platforms. Um, Like that sounds uh, like a very trivial who cares thing, but it's powerful. Um, I can put messages out there and, you know, like the front office is listening. Um, I can, you know, I don't need to fit into this boys club, but I also look at it as like, okay, now younger girls, when they look up and they think of, um, you know, what, what they want to do. And if they're passionate about baseball, what, what opportunities are there in baseball? Um, you know, I was actually just talking to Jessica Mendoza about this and she was like, you know, people always tell me, oh, you can be a, or like, I want to be a, a broadcaster. And she's like, she's like, the more I thought about it, I realized like, I think they just think it's the only thing that women could really do if they want to work in baseball, because that's where they see all the women. And it was the same for me when I was, um, you know, wanting to break in, everyone tried to kind of pigeonhole me. They're like, okay, well, if you want to work on this side of the industry, then marketing's great for you. And this is, you know, no, no hate on, on marketing agents, but I was just like, well, why do I have to do that? Why can't I do the on-field contracts too? It d- didn't make sense. And so I think being out there, putting myself out there um, allows me to have a platform to, you know, show younger girls who want to work in baseball. Here's another possible job for you. Like you could be an agent. Um, and, you know, I also try to just be transparent in general. Um, I, you know, I try to explain things in the industry. I know a lot of times people don't ask, um, people kind of understand things, but aren't hundred percent sure what certain things in the industry are. And that goes for guys, girls, you know, agents who have been in the industry for a really long time. Most of them don't understand a lot of it. Um, and the business behind it, I got to learn a lot of it while working at the union. Um, that was super beneficial, but I think just being, you know, transparent, teaching people things, um, you know, trying to shed some light on this industry, um, ultimately, you know, goes a long way in terms of gaining trust too for players, right? I'm, it's not some secret idea of like, what is my agent actually doing? Like, I mean, I vlog it, I'm telling you, Um, you know, I think that's kind of, it was, all of this kind of came from, you know, being transparent too, talking with players who didn't really understand even though they had an agent, like what's the region actually doing when they're not negotiating a contract. So, you know, I think just building a platform this way is ultimately, um, you know, going to help me be more hated, but hopefully more successful. Well, you're definitely being successful and you're probably told this a lot, but you should be super, super proud of what you're doing. And we talked about this a little bit and I have two little girls. I have a wife in the sports industry uh, so I see what you're doing through a different lens, uh, and, and from a different perspective now than I ever did before. So good for you and, and keep going. And we're just, we're super proud and sitting back watching what you're doing. This is really cool. Well, I appreciate that. And it's always nice to, nice to hear. Cause it does oftentimes sound like, you know, the, the loudest people in the room are usually the haters. Um, so it is good. I do get lots of messages and, um, from, you know, younger girls, you know, fathers who have daughters, um, who will, you know, tell me just thank you, um, for making me, I think also making me feel like, um, you know, either myself or my daughters, you know, can be whoever they are and like still work in sports if they want. 
right? Um, you know, I know I get a lot of criticism too, just for being very, you know, feminine or whatever it is. It, I'm not, I don't play down my gender at all. And that was a conscious decision. And I think that was, you know, because I want, I want any type of girl, guy, whoever, to be able to feel like they don't have to fit some mold to work in baseball. And that's ultimately like the goal, not that they all need to be feminine or they all need to be, you know, like just total bros, but you can be whoever you want. Just be yourself No, and know your stuff and you can be successful. That That's ultimately all that matters is just know your stuff and do a good job. And then who you are as a person, aside from that, you know, just in terms of like your appearance, all of that, it shouldn't matter. That's a good point. If you're getting the job done, you're getting the job done. If you're not, you're not. That's, that's it. And you and Kim Ang, the new general manager for the Marlins, you two are so overqualified. And there's, and you, you talked about the haters. There's so many people that are like, oh, she got the job because she's a woman. She got the job because, which is total bullshit. She should have but, had this job years ago. Years ago. She, she started working in baseball before I was born. Yes. And her qualifications. So people do the same thing with me, though. Someone told me once they were like, uh, the law school that she, it doesn't make sense how she has the, you know, caliber of players that she does as clients to begin with because of the law school she went to. It's not that good. And I was like, okay, first of all, you do know that the qualification to be an agent, by the way, um, I would say more than half barely just satisfied the, the basic requirement. And that's graduate high school. That's the basic requirement. I went to law school. Do you think you need to go to law school? No. Do you think like more than half of the agents are lawyers? No. So, but you're going to sit here and judge the ranking of my, of my law school. So I also like retweeted to him. My law school ranking was, I think it's 47 in the nation, which like, whatever. Uh, and then I retweeted uh, and then I put, I think it's like McGeorge school of law or something, which is, I put in parentheses, Boris's law school and it's ranked 148 in the nation. So you're going to sit here and judge like now, like, you know, the, the ranking of my law school and whether I'm actually qualified or not, but everything that that's how everything for me is. To add to that, to, cause you went to, it was Pepperdine. Mm-hmm. If I'm not, I got, I applied to Pepperdine out of high school. I got rejected and I was number two in my class. So just to give you an idea of how studious and how, how much Rachel knows her that should give you some education. <laughs> For sure. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I, I picked my law school based on, I said, which ones compete in the Tulane salary arbitration competition? I literally, I wrote my personal statements about I'm going to be an agent. Um, I literally, like, there's one competition in law school that is, it's, the, it's a salary arbitration competition. Tulane Law School puts it on. It's the only thing related directly to baseball. And I was like, I'm going to go to a law school that competes in that. And UCLA actually, where that's where I went to uh, undergrad. They didn't like that. I also wanted, I mean, I applied there, but ultimately I was like, yeah, I, don't, I can't, can't go there. Like they don't do the, the baseball competition. Um, and so I mean, look, I knew everything I've done up to this point was trying to get myself to here. Um, but everyone, yeah, is always critical of how qualified I am, et cetera. Um, maybe one day that'll be less of, an, less of a thing. And, and to clear this up for everybody listening, not all agents are lawyers and not all lawyers are agents. So a lot of agencies 
have agents, like you said, only have to have a high school education and then pass your agent stuff. But like most big agencies hire lawyers separately, separately. So you're able to do both, which is amazing. Yeah, it's helpful. I mean, I don't, I don't generally take, you know, I'm not going to go, if a player has to go to trial for something, um, you know, obviously outsource that, but I'm a licensed lawyer um, and, you know, can do both. So um, hopefully that's, you know, a qualification enough for. Well, it is for us. That's for sure. Yeah. If, Again, I'm not a woman in the sports business. Just know, I know I speak for Will and myself. You've inspired both of us to reach for things beyond measure that you think is not beyond measure. So thank you for all you're doing, not just for women, but for sports in general, because we're growing. And a lot of that reason is because of people like yourself. Well, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, look, at the end of the day, like, I think most most women in sports will look around and, and say, you know, like, thank you to a lot of these men in the industry who've, you know, trusted us and realized and let us in because ultimately, you know, like you guys kind of were the gatekeepers. And so guys who have supported us, I know, I mean, it means a lot. I know my biggest, I mean, my biggest supporters have been players themselves. Um, and it's really nice to have like, you know, allies and we know how much, you know, the, a, a lot of guys, I mean, I've done to help me get to where I am. So Super cool. Rachel Luba represented she is, she has clients, Trevor Bauer, Yasiel Puig, among others. She has taken the world by storm Forbes 30 under 30 list just a couple weeks ago. Uh, she's on top of the world and she's joined us. Uh, she has joined us here on the fantasy baseball today podcast. Thanks so much for joining us, Rach. Yep. Thanks for having me guys. Rachel Luba, man, what she's doing for baseball is, like I, said, I, I mentioned before, it's uncharted territory and it's super inspiring for everyone involved. And someone like yourself, you mentioned you have two daughters, your wife obviously works in the sports media industry. It's incredible what she's doing. And, uh, you know, we talked about Trevor Bauer, of course, and she gave us a relatively good <laughs> update with what's yeah. going on with, she said he is getting closer. She did say he's getting closer. Um, but let me ask you this. He's getting obviously interest from New York to Los Angeles and everywhere in between. He can fit on 30 teams. Let me ask you, you've been through the free agency process. You've been, you've had contracts on your table and you've had to choose which one is best for you and your family. How much does location play a part of that? Because you grew up in Texas. You were a big time Texas A&M fan um, and you ended up getting drafted from uh, by Boston, of course. Uh, but right. then you had other offers. You ended up going to San Diego. How much does location play a part in your free agency process, at least for you? Well, my free agent process was nothing like Trevor Bauer. I was more, you know, I'm looking at depth charts and I'm saying, where's my best opportunity to spend the least amount of time in AAA and the most time in the show. All right. So it was a little different for me, a lot different. Let's be honest. But with with that being said, like I like playing on the East coast in the big leagues, Uh, primetime games, big games, big rivalries, um, West Coast, I loved living out there. I played in San Diego, like you said. I, I loved living out there. I lived in Point Loma. There's beaches everywhere, beautiful weather. That's um, best, best city in America, if you ask me. High taxes, if you're into that. Um, into it. You pay for the weather. That's fine. I love it. But, I mean, as far as, like, playing big games, primetime games, 7.05, you know, on the big lights on, on Sunday night, you're not getting that on the West Coast. If you're, you know, it starts at 10 on the East so it's a little different you don't have many people watching you 
Um, if you do want to play in that seven o'clock primetime East Coast game, you're going to start about five o'clock and you're going to have shadows until about the fifth or sixth inning. And everybody in the United States gets to watch you swing and miss a slider by seven feet because you can't see the spin. So I'm going East Coast. Um, biased to that because I spent time a lot of time in Boston. Boston. I think that's how they say it. So that plays a part in your decision process, though. That like this is a fact. Um, which I mean, which part? The, well, the, well, like, okay, let me ask the, you this. The location. Okay, let me ask you this. Which is more important, a little bit more money or a little bit better location? Um, for me or for Bauer? <laughs> well, for you. For listen, for 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 me, um, money. Yeah. For Bauer, location. What's the difference between twenty? Just like just 30. like Rachel just told us, like he's finding out how much more it is like important it is to him to just be happy where he's at. So if he takes a little less money and he's happy living in a certain place, like, like if he, let's say he signs a one year deal, uh, what's the difference in 18 million and 21 million? He'll, he'll get more than that probably, but I'm just throwing a number out there. Like you're talking millions of dollars. Just go be happy. Unless it's in California, then I want to sign for more because of the taxes. <laughs> but for him location, for me, for someone that isn't making as much money, you want to get as as much money as possible. Okay. Uh, before I let you go, did you do your Christmas shopping for your daughters yet? That's been done, bud. We get hand-me-downs from the neighbors. Our neighbors are a little old. Kids are a little older from than us. Yeah. We don't buy a thing. We don't buy a thing. We wash it down, Clorox wipe it, wrap it up. Merry Christmas. Hey, cheapskate. You're like, have you ever seen, uh, have you ever seen Bad Moms too? <laughs> No, no, I watch I watch good movies. That is a good movie. And she gifts her son the same baseball glove every single year. She just rewraps it and the kid's kind of <laughs> ditzy. She just rewraps it and he's like, Oh, new baseball glove, mom. New baseball glove. Oh, he's getting his glove out. And that means it's it's time to go. A special right. thanks to Rachel Luba for joining both uh Will Middlebrooks and myself on the podcast. We'll see you after the holiday. Merry Christmas, happy holidays to everybody out there. We'll see you next week, next Wednesday. See you guys. Merry Christmas. 